here with a great, great friend of mine, you know, former 24-7 sports writer, um, current coordinator recruiting for uh, Notre Dame's men's basketball team, and the GOAT, the greatest hater of all time, <laughs> Brian Snow. What's up, big dog? It's a, it's a pleasure to be on this dread. Like, Miles, I wonder, looking back after that Rutgers game, how much of it was you saw the end of maybe not even your basketball career, but your college career really coming at you? And you're like, how much How much looking back do you think that was kind of playing a role at that point in time? Oh, absolutely. Because the thing is, a lot of people don't know, like, I knew I was done. First one, start bench cut. Jordan, Brown, and Kobe. I'm going to take some heat for this one. It's gone. Miles Trent becomes the 38th player in the history of Nittany Lion basketball to go over 1,000 career points. What's up, everybody? It's Miles Dredd, host of The Heat Check, presented by State Media. Super excited to have you guys on the show. We're going to have weekly episodes with former Penn State basketball players and other hoopers across the Big Ten. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We really appreciate you guys' support. Enjoy the show. College football tees, college basketball tees, whatever you need, Mercury has you covered with the best merch out there. We're talking about high-quality clothing, inexpensive, and the best part is I have a 15% discount for everybody who goes and gets some right now. Use the code below, hit the link in the description, and go get your merch now. Use the code to get 15% off. What are you waiting on? Go do it. Welcome back to the newest episode of The Heat Check. It's your host, Miles Dredd, here with a great, great friend of mine, you know, former 24-7 sports writer, um, current coordinator recruiting for uh, Notre Dame's men's basketball team, and the GOAT, the greatest hater of all time, <laughs> Brian Snow. What's up, big dog? It's a, it's a pleasure to be on this dread. I mean, I've, I've been dreaming of this day my whole life. <laughs> I, I, I knew at some point I was going to have to get you on. You know, you, you keep it real. And that's something that always everybody that you've, you know, influenced in the basketball world. That's always something people have appreciated about you. Um, I'm excited to have you on. We got some great stuff to talk about today. So let's get right to it. Cool. Um, first off, working for 24-7 Sports, what does a high school kid need to be recruited at the Division One level? Like, what are the things, what are the attributes that you're looking for? I know you've seen thousands of <laughs> high school basketball players all over the country. What are some, what are certain things that a recruiter is looking for to recruit at the Division One level? You know, obviously you have the requisites, size, speed, athleticism, but it's so much more than that. Like, there's no, first of all, in this day and age of college basketball, and I think we showed that last year, Miles, you got to be able to shoot the ball. No doubt. You know, like there's no better skill on a basketball court than to be able to make shots. So you, you look at that, you know, feel for the game. I used to have a saying with 24-7, if you have great feel, you don't fail. And, you know, we, we had examples of that. I mean, you look at Pickett, like unreal feel for the game. Right. You know, couldn't jump over a phone book. Not the fastest guy in the world, but just unbelievable feel for the game. So if you know how to play, it, it just takes you to another level. And then yeah. do you love it? Like, it's hard to play college basketball. There's certain people who can get by without loving it because they're just that naturally talented. But that's the 1% of the 1%. Right. If you don't love it, 
it's going to be so hard for you. Talk about that a little bit. Like, what, 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 being the college basketball player, like, the difficulties, like, I've talked about it a little bit in my other episodes, but, like, I don't think people, even, like, not necessarily high school kids looking to get, come into college, but sometimes the fans don't even understand the difficulty of just being a college athlete, being a college basketball player at the Division One level. Like, it's hard. Like, yeah. just waking up and, you know, the type of effort and energy you have to bring every day to be successful at the collegiate level is ridiculous. Man, and Dred, I was around basketball forever with 24-7 and, you know, just being around it and, I had no idea like mm-hmm. until last year where I was like, you know what the hardest part of this is, is getting to the end of the season with everybody pulling in the same direction. Cause there's yeah. so many distractions, so many problems, so many, everything like you're around the same 15, 16 people every single day. It can get difficult, especially when things aren't going well. So just, you know, being able to love the game and love the process and and understand, like, it's not always going to be easy. It's going to be really hard, both on the court, off the court. You know, there there's practices where you're just going to be like, oh, heck no, we're doing this. Yeah. My, yeah. You know, my quads hurt, my knee hurts, my ankle hurts, but you have to do it. Yeah. And it's no days off. There are technically days off, but there's no days off because when you got a day off, that's when you got to be in the training room. Yeah. You got to do what Coach tells you to do with gusto. Like, you can't just oh, go through the motions or you're going to be running sprints. Like, that's the reality mm-hmm. of the situation. Some people, it's the Versa Climber. Other people, it's sprints. Some people, Bob Huggins used to have uh, treadmills going on the side of practice the whole time. I was, I was like, that seems pretty cool as a high school kid coming into college. I was like, oh, hell no. No. (laughs) There is no way. Um, but with that being said, you know, I got, I got a question for you. So like, if all those things, size, athleticism, shooting ability, love for the game, all those things were, you know, a prerequisite to be a division one basketball player, and, you know, be of the top recruits in the in the country, right? Um, why didn't you give me any stars in high school? Man, that's a lie. You know that's a lie. I'm no, we ain't, we ain't doing that, Dred. I just want to know. Like, well, I, think, how come I couldn't get any stars. I think you have four of them next to your name. Four is crazy. I definitely didn't have four. I know I didn't have four. You were either a high three or a low four. You know that. And now you try to act all all special like you're John Hera or something who was like a negative five star. I didn't say that. But it was also different, too. Like, I could talk about getting recruited. Like, I had, I mean, in terms of my team, my AAU team and my high school team, really, like, <laughs> we had some of the best talent in the country like top to bottom it was just like and I didn't understand it because I I felt like I was getting wronged but it was just something that I had to work on and you know come to the realization for myself and I had to be able to shoot the ball better once I started shooting the ball better everything kind of changed for me but before that I'm seeing dudes getting offers from Maryland and Miami and and Villanova and Arizona and I'm like hey I can't I can't get Stony Brook. I can't get, you know what I'm saying? I can't get a Towson. Like, you know, 
something like nobody want to call but I feel like I was in the middle like I was between the I don't know if you're a mid-major or a high major or high major plus like they don't know what I could develop into so the moment I got that call from uh from Penn State I was like well and that's about it guys I'm uh I'm out of here yeah you I, I I told you this story it happened quick yeah. Because I remember calling your AU coach. I go, yo, Miles just commit to Penn State. He goes, I can't quote him exactly because this is a family show. He <laughs> goes, yeah, he can really shoot it, and he's tough as heck. Yeah. And I said, okay, that's good enough for a story for me. <laughs> and I wrote it up. No doubt. Um, so I was just wondering. I had to, you know, throw that out there. You know, I knew I wasn't a, a blue chip five star dude. You know, I was okay with that. But damn, I couldn't get four. Like, see, let, let's just blame it on on Turner holding you down. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I'm gonna blame it. I'm gonna blame it on Coach Turner. Not Steve. Though. I mean, uh, not Keith though. No, not Keith. Not, not Keith. Keith. <laughs> so, you know, you transitioned from being a sports writer and analyzing, you know potential collegiate student athletes to recruiting student athletes. And that's a, that's a bit of a different role. It's still, you're still evaluating and still, you know, trying to get the best kids for your program now, instead of just, Hey, he's better than him. He's better than him. Mm -hmm. Or he has more intangibles than this guy, like whatever the case may be. What part of that has been most enjoyable to you and why? For me, it's been building like the, the team building and like everything like that, because when you're just doing what I used to do in my previous life, like you said, it's just, who do I think are the best players? But you could put the, as we've seen in the Olympics, like the 10 best players in the world on one team, it might not be the best team because right. they might not complement each other well. So now it's kind of like, you know, I hate the term GM in college. I, I just think it's stupid, but like, <laughs> Now it's like you're almost like building a team like a GM would in a in a pro sports franchise. Like, okay, like we got a three man who can really shoot. We need a four man who's athletic so we can switch, you know, things like that. And to me, that's been the best part is is finding complementary pieces and figuring out like, okay, that kid's really talented, but he's not right for us. We don't use our five man that way or we don't want a point guard like that. Even though he's really good, he's not going to be really good for us. Right. So I, for me, that's been the most enjoyable part is really identifying who fits with what we want to do and how we want to build things and how we want to put a team together, given our style of play. And, and Dredd, I think you saw that come together last year where we had you coming back. Yeah. We saw the we saw the growth pick was having. We're like, that's a bad man right there. And then, you know, obviously Seth coming back and it's like, OK, what do we need? We need another ball handler with pick. We got Cam. And then we needed another, like, just knockdown shooter, and we got Funk. Right. And then it all kind of came together. Everything everything just kind of flowed at that point. Right. Yeah. And for me, seeing the how easy things got when we figured it out, like, we struggled with it. Me and you have had conversations where, you know, <laughs> boy, we got – we didn't gotten to it. I, I done came in your office mad, like man, I don't, you know. I'm just just frustrated because you know all I want to do is win. But man, when it, we put it together, boy, oof, that and, was 
that was that was probably the most fun two and a half, three weeks of my life. That was like great. It was just fun. Like we were just having fun, playing great basketball, win, lose, or draw. Like it was just fun. And it probably started the lowest moment that I've ever seen you, which was after that Rutgers game. No doubt. Where you didn't even want to come to my office. You texted <laughs> me like, meet me in the hallway in the BJC. Like, <laughs> and we are there, and we're having a heart-to-heart for, like, 30, for yeah. real. Easily 30. And it's like, Easily. And everything I'm, came I'm, out. I'm, I'm, like, the 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 biggest team. Like, I will sacrifice my left foot for the team. And I'm just, like, hurting right now. I'm like, yo, I don't know who to talk to. I got to find somebody. Cause like I don't feel right right now. Like this isn't we're not playing to our potential, and I don't know why. And I just had to sit you down. I was like, man, this I, I feel this way. You know, shit isn't good right now, and I don't know what it is, but I, I want to figure it out. And you yeah. helped me out a lot just from the mental space, like how to fi- how to navigate. You know, being you know coming off the bench and being that leader regardless of the situation and you know the the amount of work and then you helped me with that and then coach fairly mm-hmm. helped me out just getting in the gym and like almost like falling back in love with the process late so late in the season that changed how I started playing for the rest of the year cam did it with coach fish yeah. and then we just kind of started falling in and everything just started shots started falling in our communication got better and the team just got better. Like Miles, I wonder looking back after that Rutgers game, how much of it was you saw the end of maybe not even your basketball career, but your college career really coming at you. And you're like, how much, how much looking back do you think that was kind of playing a role at that point in time? Oh, absolutely. Because the thing is, a lot of people don't know, like I knew I was done. Mm Mm-hmm. I had to tell myself, I'm, you know, I'm going to go do something else afterwards. Like I'm going to go play professionally or whatever afterwards. But in the back of my mind, I knew I was done playing after this, after that senior year. And I'm like, we're losing the teams that we just shouldn't lose to. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're not playing. Even, even when we won, sometimes it just didn't feel great. And yeah. we're like, we're we're better than this, and I don't want to go out ending on a bad note. Like, I, it broke my heart the way we sent John out on his last game no. at the BJC. It broke my heart because I'm just like that dude of all people deserved mm-hmm. the greatest BJC send off there could be, right? And I'm just like, man, I, I said it at the uh, press conference at the last game. I was like, I, I played like this and I, you know, tried to help my team win as much as possible, not just for me, not for the team now, but the John Harris, the Lamar Stevens, the Tony Cars, all these people who poured so much into the program that never got to go to the tournament, that never got mm-hmm. to, you know, showcase their talent on CBS on, in, the, in the brightest lights. Th- think about that. Big Ten tournament semifinals and finals. We are on CBS in prime t- in the prime time slot on Saturday and Sunday. And just like looking back at that now, it was like, man, we were having a ball. It was so much fun. Like the year before, even with Shrews, I hadn't. I never before Shrews. I had never made it to Friday. Mm-hmm. 
I played Wednesday a bunch, played one Thursday, but never made it to Friday. We made it to Sunday. I was like, (laughs) okay, cool. Hold up. Let's talk about Sunday because I don't think people understood, understand the craziness that is when you're playing in the big 10 finals on a Sunday. So the game starts, what, like four o'clock or something, three o'clock. I can't remember. It was like two, three, four, one of those times. Yeah. Yeah. So in our case, we lost on last second shot. Yeah. Not, you know, or couldn't even get a shot off, whatever it was. One possession game. Yeah. Yeah. One possession game. You go right to your locker room. A couple dudes got to do media. Then they like usher you to like this back room where you're watching the, the selection show. Yeah. Like you don't even have time to process anything. Oh. And then at least we knew we were in. Like right. we, we knew we were in. Yeah. So you're just waiting for your name, wait for your name. And then you get the name. You hear we're playing A&M. The first that, you know, you got for players, you get a little excitement like, OK, cool. For us, it's like, OK, I'm talking with a coach at Drake that I know trying to arrange a practice gym while we're in Iowa. Yeah. You know, Nick's doing his thing, trying to get, you know, planes and whatever the heck else that Nick did. Yeah, we were stuck there for four hours, five hours because <laughs> we couldn't get home. Yeah, Coach Shrews is watching film of A&M already. And then, like, we we probably didn't get back to State College till well after midnight. It was like 3 a.m. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. <laughs> so, so it is just like, you're just nonstop. It, it was just insane because our plane, like you said, was delayed like six hours somehow. Yeah, yeah. It was it's just this like surreal moment where you're like Purdue's been back and probably practicing and we haven't even left Chicago yet. They just hopped on the bus and yeah. they're like, holla at you. We like, Oh, see you guys later. Like Greg got you guys all stretching. Yeah, we, were in the, we were in the gym. The floor wasn't even down anymore. They took the floor. It's just the cement on the ground. We out there stretching, trying not to get stiff. Like, dang. And this is the first time in my career we got, we got more basketball to play. Like, this is the yeah. first time ever after the Big Ten tournament. I'm like, wow, we're not done yet. Cool. Like, every time after the Big Ten tournament before that, it was like, well, that's it. <laughs> yeah. You're either done or it was COVID and everything yeah. was done. Everything was done. Um, no, like, I appreciated that that time, though, because we had to process so much so fast. Mm-hmm. Like, Okay, we lost. We're we're pissed, sad. Like we, you know, it was like a Cinderella story almost. They're ten seed playing in the the Big Ten championship, but yeah. like, so if you watch the video, you go back and watch the video. Some people stand up and are happy and super excited when we get our name called. Other people are still sitting down because they're pissed. Like people are still yeah. mad that we lost. <laughs> like I had to like really compartmentalize my brain because I'm like. No, we're going to the tournament. Like, I'm not going to. No, we enjoyed this. Like, we we happy. I'm not happy we lost, but we're going to the tourney. Hey, next play. Next play. Next play. (laughs) Right? Um, But I just remember, man, that that week before the tournament, that it wasn't even a week. It was like a few days before we left. The, the hype on campus, the, the, the amount of love we were getting, mm-hmm. just so many people just wanted to 
take hi, take pictures. You go to class and you're just like, Damn, oh, you, went to, you went to class? Hey, man, my mom watches this show. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, I graduated with a bachelor's of arts in psychology. That's all that matters. Thank you very much. <laughs> my final semester was a 3.0. Mm. <laughs> Academic weapon. Miles Dread. Come on now. <laughs> um, so, like, we were just so, we built up so much, uh, like, hype going to a tournament. We were like, we can't lose this first game. Like, we can't. Like, we did, we did so well in the Big Ten tournament. We're like, we got to will this thing out. We're thinking because Texas A&M had been playing so well, we're like, dude, Texas A&M is not a bad team. The guys are. Mm-hmm. Like, we are. We're like, yo, they just they just play second in the SEC and runner-up in the SEC championship. See, what's funny is we couldn't tell you, we couldn't tell you all this at the time. We're watching film on them. Trey's watching film. Shrews is watching film. Even me, I'm like, are they going to guard us this way? Yo, I've never seen a coach more confident in a scouting report than Shrews was for Texas A&M. He said, we're going to win this game. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not worried at all. I was like, not worried at all? I'm like, coach, they, they're pretty good. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, like, not even a little bit. He was like, they guard us like this, we're going to win. I said, okay, all right, coach, cool. All right, I got you. I'm with you. We get out there, funk, make that first three. I'm like, oh. You know, the only time they did anything is when they put Cam on one shining moment because uh, my man blocked the ball so hard off the backboard. Who was that, uh, Dennis? Yeah, Dexter Dennis. Dexter Dennis. Yo, he got bounced. He was like, I talked about it in the last show. Cam didn't believe me. I'm like, dog, you can't jump. It's okay. It's okay. He went up and pinned it. Because they went on like a 6-0 run, and then from that point on, it was, it was just... Bad. Yeah, it was bad. You you were doing windmills on the court, like with your arms after making threes. Yeah, I was out there having the ball. I was talking trash. I was out there having the ball. My dad told me even before the game, he was like, yeah, I mean, if you're not a basketball mind... You looking at these warm up lines like uh, it's about to be a long day for Penn State because oh they won warm ups they won warm ups yeah they won that <laughs> no, no question you had dudes that didn't even get in the game doing uh, windmills and three sixty between the legs and all that crazy stuff and we down there doing shot fake power dribble <laughs> tapping the glass real hard we're like yeah <laughs> Evan had to get up and duck one just to show that we had someone who could duck. The only person that could really dunk, like, oh, come on. Because we had some athletic dudes, but they also was old. So we were kind of like, our knees, man. Like, we got to say, we need some uh, uh, WD-40 in the locker room before we come back out for games. <laughs> no, man. Like, that, that, was, that was a lot of fun. Um, and I think that created – we were already a tight-knit team. Mm-hmm. And we shared a lot of hardship and, you know, we found a, a common uh, goal and a common enemy, if you know, you know. And, <laughs> and you know, that, that, that really made us come closer together. 
you know, that's why I'm so happy that we still like everybody just has a great relationship. Like I feel like there's no hesitation that I could call any, what is that? Any one of the 25 people that were involved with the program at that point. And to be able to have that continuity in college basketball, it's really, it's really difficult. I would say like not a lot of people with, with any kind of turnover, not a lot of people can have that um, same relationship, the same continuity that they can pick up the phone and call anything, call anybody. Yeah, it was great last week, actually, you know, Grand Rapids, Michigan's like two hours from where I am now. Yeah. And Seth was playing for the Atlanta G League team against Grand Rapids, which is the Nuggets G League team. So it was Seth, Funk, and Pick wow. all there playing. So I drove up. We got we went out after the game. It was like and we were just reminiscing and just talking about like just funny stories and stuff. And just like those guys, like they're all family now. Like even though you know, Funk was only around one year, but still, like, great dude. Like, and it's just family because of the, everything that everybody in that locker room went through. Yeah. I think we were texting yesterday, Miles, like, last season felt like six years. Yeah, it sure did. Because, man, the Ooh. ups and downs. See, they here's were, the thing. Boy, they were some I was, downs. I was jealous of y'all for a little bit, though, for real. So coming down the stretch, like y'all are players, like you're in the mix, you're focused on basketball. Like you just kind of like, it's like, all right, get to practice, you know, do what y'all do. Every day, the first thing I'm doing is getting on Ken Palm and then checking every mock bracket you can ever imagine. And then running like conference tournament simulations based on the regular season, seeing who we're going to play in the first round. And it like, you just immerse yourself in all this nonsense yeah. Because you're you like you're freaking out, like because we don't have the release of like going out and playing, right? And like I don't think you guys understand how stressful that is. <laughs> Just sitting at your it. desk, like I believe oh, it. Heck no, I believe it. So, Beast, no, we're gonna take a hard you know pivot. Um, I got some some heat heat check questions for you. It's a new segment. Okay, questions. Okay. You got start, bench, or cut. Okay, you got to choose right. start, bench, or cut. We're gonna do a couple different categories, couple different things. I think it'll be fun. You can explain why a little bit. You know, don't go rambling on. You talk too much, but oh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so first one: start, bench, cut. Taylor Battle, DJ Newbill, or Tony Carr. All right, I'm going to start Taylor Battle, partly because he's got my cell phone number. <laughs> I'm a bench DJ Newbill. Wow, okay. And then I'll cut Tone, and it's no disrespect to Tone. Love Tone. DJ Newbill was just such a bucket, though. Okay. I'm not mad at that. I don't know. I don't know how I would go about that one. I think I would probably... Based on because this is what I've seen, mm-hmm. I, I watch Tom. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna start TC. I'm a bench Taylor Battle, and I will cut DJ Newbill because I think if Tone stayed for four years, he was running through that record no problems at all. So it was possible. Yeah, he was more than halfway there after his sophomore year, and it wasn't getting it. It wasn't slowing down anytime soon. <laughs> 
Uh, that's that's the way I would go. Okay, next one. Jokic, Embiid, or Greek Freak? Man. Start Jokic. Bench Giannis. Woo! Okay. Embiid. Okay. And it pains me. It pains me on every level. Okay. Because those are three dudes that are disgusting. Yeah. You would pick any one of them on your team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> any of them want to come, they can come. You know, like, you know, like they could be on the team. Yeah. Um, Jokic is just so, like, crazy. And he's got a ring. And I hate yeah. to count the ring ups argument, but he's got one. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, you know, so does, so does Greek Freak. Yeah. So, but he, he doesn't shoot it great. So I'm right. like, you know, but that's why I got to cut Embiid. Okay. Understood. Understood. Now, now it starts to get a little bit harder. Jordan, Brown, and Kobe. I'm going to take some heat for this one. Okay. Starting Brown, benching Jordan, cutting Kobe. My man, Snow, I knew there was something I liked about you. My man, that's exactly my three. That's exactly how I would put it. (laughs) But no disrespect to Jordan and RIP Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, there's... They're, all three are in the top five, in my opinion. Yeah. There like, is no, to be honest, this is my one, two, and three. So for anybody out there wondering what my what my top five is, this, this is the first three. Jordan, <laughs> Kobe. They're on the Mount Rushmore, that's for sure. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. Now we're starting to get into some different ones. He got game, Coach Carter, or Blue Chips. Oh, I'm starting blue chips. Okay. That that's then I'll bench he got game, cutting Coach Carter. Coach Carter? Ah How can you not start blue chips though? I mean I'm a huge fan of blue uh blue chips, don't get me wrong. But Coach Carter was an excellent film. <laughs> like that is an excellent movie. Timeless. All three of them are timeless films though. Like yeah. Different, you know, kind of audiences, I want to say. Yeah, but, for sure. But, I mean, absolutely excellent films. Me, personally, I'm going to go Coach Carter, start, bench, he got game, cut blue chips. And I know I might get a lot of flack for that, especially from my, you know, you know, older counterparts. I get it. It's just my opinion. Don't shoot the your message. opinion, but I mean, you're allowed to have a wrong opinion. <laughs> okay, now we're gonna now we're gonna change it up a little bit. In and out, Waterburger or Shake Shack. All right, I'll go. I'll start Shake Shack. Great stuff. Bench. In and out, cut Waterburger. Okay. Okay. I'm not mad at that. Yeah, see, I don't get to the West Coast often, so I don't see In and Out very yeah. much. I haven't I mean, been I've had it a couple times, but so Shake Shack to me is that's it's no it's a no brainer because them chocolate shakes do something to you every time. Ooh. They be hitting, hitting. <laughs> and then the last one I got for you, Snow, Beyonce, Rihanna, and Alicia Keys. Yes, to all three. Okay. All right. I ain't cut. <laughs> I'm a grown man. I ain't cutting any of those three. I respect that. 
I respect that answer. Love that. Love that for you. <laughs> B Snow, I appreciate you so much for hopping on with me, man. You know, you and I both know like our time together was short but very, very memorable. And I look at you as somebody that I can call for advice, help, or just somebody to talk to, man. So I appreciate you so much for hopping on with me and having some fun with us. Oh, anytime, Miles. As you know, those two years, two of the best years, man. No doubt. Absolutely unbelievable times. No doubt, man. Thank you guys for watching. This is The Heat Check. See you guys next week. What's up, everybody? Hope you enjoyed this episode of The Heat Check. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe so we can continue to have big-time guests and create great content for you guys. And if you haven't yet, check us out on social media in the links below. Really appreciate you guys' support. We'll see you next week.